Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go A U Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello, hello. Well, let's just kick right off, Andy. Football. We have football stuff because spring game was this weekend. NFL draft was last week. NFL draft's pretty easy. Uh, it was a wonderful day all around, I think, for the Gophers. Or day, weekend, week for the Gophers. Rashad Bateman went, uh, was that 27th overall to the Ravens? Yep, 27th overall to Baltimore. So first first round draft pick for the Gophers since uh, Lawrence Maroney back in 2005? That's correct. So that's, I mean, that's a great start. That's a great, uh, if you're Coach Fleck, that's a great place to be. Uh, and then um, uh, Benjamin St. Just went 70-something to Washington in the third round. Is that, am I remembering that part right? Uh, yeah, 70-something. I, I don't have the exact number for me either, but yeah, it was, uh, it was 70-something in the third round to Washington. So Yeah, so I mean, you're looking at uh, St. Just going... Uh, probably around earlier, at least than, than a lot of people thought he was going to go. And, um, all around, that's just a, that's just a great, if you're, I mean, with only two guys who are in a position to, to be drafted, to have them both go pretty much at the top of their, um, availability is a, is a great, uh, great outcome. I think if you're a Gophers fan of anybody in the NFL, a fan of any of those players individually, and just a, a fan of the program. Yeah, you know, and I definitely think they landed in places where they can it can step in and, and play right away. I mean, Rashad Bateman will be uh, the number one or the number two, depending upon your opinion, the Hollywood Brown for the for the Ravens, uh, for Lamar Jackson. And, and, I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson is, is known for his running ability, not so much his passing ability, but still having another really quality receiver can only help him uh, in the long run. Uh, while St. Juice will step into a Washington secondary that I think, uh, you know, they've got the great pass rush with uh, Chase Young and things like that. So <coughs> they're uh, looking to improve that secondary a little bit, and hopefully St. Juice can make a, a pretty immediate impact there. Well, I, that's the thing about a small draft. That also means <laughs> that's kind of the end of what we can talk about for the draft. I think for me, I'm just uh, excited to see what each of them can do. Um, Rashad Bateman has is, is definitely been one of my favorite gophers of the past uh, few years. And getting him, getting to see him have the chance to be really successful feels feels great to me. Uh, obviously, you know, I live in Cincinnati. The Bengals are not my primary team. It's not great that he's probably going to torch the Bengals a bunch. But, uh, you know, what can you do? Can't have, can't have everything in this world. Uh, spring game, you were there. Uh, beautiful weather. Um, I'm actually extremely jealous that you got to, to get back into TCF Bank Stadium on a day like that. I guess, what were your initial thoughts of uh, the spring game uh, on any level? Just the players, uh, the way it was run, the just being back in the stadium, what, whatever you've got. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was, uh, it was fun, that's for sure. I mean, walking back into TCF Bank Stadium for the first time and uh, 18 months or so, it definitely, you know, felt, felt great walking in there and, and seeing all the, all the familiar sights and, and, uh, really just sitting down and watching football again, you know, uh, the weather was gorgeous. Um, the social distancing was, was fine. You know, uh, they said they sold 10,000 tickets, obviously they probably didn't have a full 10,000 in the stadium, but I bet you they had at least 7,500 or 8,000, um, you know, everybody masking was, let's be honest, masking was probably about 50%. Um, 
which is, is something that will be interesting to watch uh, as we go into the fall and seeing what requirements are and things like that. Now, nobody was nobody was watching anybody, telling them to put on masks, things like that. There was nobody, no ushers or anything running around. Uh, they made a couple of uh, PA announcements in between quarters, things like that, but nobody was really policing it. So, uh, you know, it'll be something to watch as we as we head into the regular season, depending upon what the what the requirements will be. But, yeah, you know, it was great to, to see football. Um, you know, I was talking with, uh, with Gopher Nation, who was in the press box, and we both agreed that this was probably the best competitive, solid, actual football spring game we've seen in quite a while. Um, you know, obviously it had its its tricks, as we'll get into here in, in a little bit. But I mean, the actual football when they played football was was pretty even. The teams were pretty even. Um, the gameplay looked good. It didn't. You know, sometimes you see some of these people play, and you're just like, okay, what? You know, you get down to the the subs of the subs, and you're like, all right, whatever. But it was it was competitive throughout, and you know, people weren't whiffing on tackles. Um, you know, it definitely ebbed and flowed uh, a bit, but. Um, you know, it was great to see some players who we expect to make plays make plays, and, and a few, you know, guys who were a little bit more unheralded make some plays too and, and uh, give hope for the future. For you, who looked the best? Uh, who who kind of stood out to you uh, in the spring game? Um, you know, if I had to pick one player, uh, Chris Ottman-Bell basically is going to take over that number one wide receiver role that, Tyler Johnson filled and Rashad Bateman filled. Uh, he he is the undisputed number one receiver on this team. He looks it. He has great body control, as we well know. He made a couple of great catches uh, with that with that control from uh, Tanner Morgan on, on last Saturday. Um, you know he's going to be the. I guess you know obviously Mo Ibrahim didn't play, but I was going to say he, th- those will be your your two alpha dogs on offense. Will be Mo and will be will be Crab. Um, you know, Tanner looked good at times. He, he then reverted back to 2019 or 2020 Tanner for a little bit early in the, in the third quarter. Uh, but he made some nice throws. Um, you know, defensively, it'll be interesting to see. We saw some, uh, some pretty nice performances from both some younger guys and some guys that sort of got passed up on the depth chart. Uh, John Joyner was, uh, was a beast pass rushing, ended up with a couple of sacks, uh, you know, Terrell Smith ended up with the, the game-winning interception, and he looked pretty good in coverage there towards the end. Uh, obviously, he's sort of gotten passed up uh, by St. Juiced, and and uh, you know, even Philip Howard at one point was, was getting a lot of playing time over him, so it would be loved to see uh, Smith try and fight and take over that, that number one corner spot in the fall if he can live up to the uh, hype he came in with a couple years ago. Um and then, I mean, I think the the highlight to the Gophers is obviously going to be their offensive line. Um, you know, they return six, seven, if you want to count, you know, Dunlap, seven starters from last year at one point uh, on that line. And so um, they've got some, they've got some depth. They've got, uh, you know, I think when, whenever, I can't remember who does it, but whenever they come up with the annual, you know, who's got the most experience, whatever, I'm pretty sure the Gopher offensive line will be the most experienced line in the country. I mean, they've got five players that have been three-year starters on that line, basically. Um, some with four. I mean, Blaze Andrews will be will be a fifth-year starter on that line. Um, so, 
you know, it, it, it you put it all together and, and things are looking pretty good. Um, but there, there's still a few question marks for sure. And, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, going into, into fall camp, how that changes, especially if, uh, any of the other freshmen, um, try and work their way into the lineup or things like that. But, uh, it definitely gives you hope, you know, uh, after the end of the, of the 2020 season, going out and seeing those guys play up to, uh, play up their potential, it gives you, uh, some hope going forward. You know, you, you noted that uh, uh, Mo was out. He's been um, observing Ramadan, uh, and that you know affected his um, availability. Um, just with you know what he, when he's able to eat and and and, and participate. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion it didn't hurt that they you know don't need to see him, and <laughs> you, you want to keep him in as much bubble wrap as possible. So you get kind of a a dual outcome. He can he can uh, continue to. Uh, observe, um, you know, a, a holy time, and and while also the team gets to protect him. Uh, but who? What other notable folks didn't see the field uh, on Saturday? Yeah, you know, it sounds like there were quite a few players either who were, who were dealing with some nagging injuries or who were out for for various COVID protocol reasons. Um, you'll note that basically at quarterback, it was pretty much Tanner Morgan and, and Zach Anixad running the show. Uh, Cole Kramer got one series and Jacob Clark was nowhere to be seen. Uh, it sounds like uh, Kramer was just coming off of COVID, so he hadn't practiced much, and, and Clark was, was missing due to due to various COVID protocols, so you didn't see him. Uh, the two Gophers defarted starting defensive ends. Uh, Boye Mafe and Izzy Otomeo both weren't on the field. Both, in theory, were dealing with uh, COVID, it sounds like, whether they had it or whether they were stuck with contact tracing. Uh, Val Martin, the, the NC State D-tackle uh, transfer, also was, was missing, uh, in theory, due to, to COVID going through the, the defensive line room. So, um, you know, those were those were the biggest names, I think, probably, that, that weren't there. Um, but... Uh, you know, obviously, people would have loved to see probably Kramer and Clark get a little bit more action because we haven't seen too much from them. But uh, I think we know what the what the D line can do and and things like that. So it's not really that uh, not disappointing not seeing them out in the field. Well, at this point, you know, I think uh, Blake has started to put his eye to it. But what does it kind of feel like? Uh, the depth chart looks like coming out of spring um for for uh, we've got the you know he's he's put up his offensive depth chart in the blog if you haven't seen it yet uh but for office and offense and defense both um any surprises or standout uh things that you would uh see that he's seen or that you would agree with yeah i mean it, it's it's on offense it's, it's pretty standard i mean we know tanner morgan's gonna start we know mo ibrahim's gonna be the starting running back we know chris mottman bell and probably daniel jackson are the number one number two receivers um koki brythe with them brevin stanford are all gonna split time at tight end um we know the the starting five offensive linemen i think uh with schluter andries john michael schmitz connor olson and and with daniel falale back i guess the only question would be is if, if you think curtis dunlap can work his way back into the starting lineup but then who do you sit do you sit olson do you sit andries uh i don't think you sit either one of those so I mean, in theory, your offensive line should be six six people deep, and and you've got some some depth there, which will be nice. Um, honestly, going into fall camp, the the two position battles we're going to watch is probably going to be number two running back and number three receiver. Um, you know, 
whoever's going to be backing up Mo Ibrahim, whether it be Trey Potts, Cam Wiley, both of them got about 10 carries each at the spring game. Um, Wiley got in the end zone, Potts didn't. Um, you know, Potts still looks a little bit shiftier. Wiley's more of your sort of your power back. Um, so there's probably a role for both of them, but neither one of them really ran away with the obvious, you know, number two running back job. So that'll be something going into. And then that battle for the, the third wide receiver. Um, you know, we've got Clay Geary, who I think is in like his sixth year at the program. Um, he knows the offense back and forward, made a couple of nice catches on Saturday. Uh, Blake has him down as, as the, as the starter, at the number three spot right now. Um, you could make an argument for Mike Brown Stevens, you know, and then there are two or three other players that we didn't see. Uh, Douglas Emily and, and, and Dylan Wright, the transfer from Texas A&M both didn't play in the spring game due to injuries or whatever. Um, you know, so they'll have a chance to win those battles in the fall. Obviously, Wright seems to be really talented. Uh, how fast can he pick up the grasp of the offense, things like that. And then there's a couple other freshmen. Uh, Brady Boyd, the freshman out of, out of South Lake, uh, Texas. Uh, I, I was impressed with him on Saturday. He looked really good. He made a couple of nice blocks downfield, made a couple of really nice catches, made a few uh, defensive players miss when he had the ball in space. Um, I will not be surprised if he uh, shoots up that depth chart pretty quick when he when he continues to get bigger roles. So, um, but yeah, I mean, offensively, that's the one thing about having everybody come back is is really you know, that third wide receiver and that second running back are really the only two spots that you could say there's a there's an argument for who's going to try and win it in fall camp. We pretty much know the rest of the offensive depth chart to heading into the fall. Defensively, any depth chart thoughts that you have after what you've seen or or any conversations with Blake? Yeah, I mean, it, it's defensive is going to be a lot more interesting. I mean, I think, um, you know, you, your defensive line is going to be a, a big rotational force this, this fall. Um, I mean, Minnesota going into the spring game was, was six men deep at defensive tackle. Now we're down to five after uh, Keontae Shad decided he was going to enter the transfer portal earlier this week. Um, but you still got Micah Drew Tedaway. Uh, D'Angelo Carter, uh, Clemson transfer, Niles Pickney, who really made a nice play, uh, stuffing uh, Wiley on a run early in the spring game. You've got Rashad Chaney. Um, you know, you've got uh, Val Martin, we said the NC State transfer. Behind him, you've got Gage Keys. So, I mean, you've got some definite depth at the uh, at the tackle spot that, you know, who's starting and, and who's not isn't going to really matter that much as you're going to see them rotate through. Uh, obviously, Otomeo and, and Mafe are going to be your, your uh, DN starters, but I think you'll see, um, you know, a lot of MJ Anderson. Uh, I hope to see maybe Ja Joyner get into that group. Um, but, you know, linebacker is going to be a battle. Um, Jack Gibbons, the Abilene Prince, uh, Christian transfer, looked pretty good in the spring game. He's going to be battling Mariano Sori Martin uh, for that Mike spot. Um, I think that spot is definitely up for grabs in fall camp. The wheel linebacker, uh, Braylon Oliver, looked pretty good in, in some action coming off of a torn ACL. He missed the entire 2020 season. Um, you know, he'll be he'll be fighting Cody Lindenberg and maybe some of those freshmen, whether it be James Gordon or whether it be, um, I'm blanking on the other uh, freshman linebacker we had last year besides Gordon. Um don't look to me. Yeah. You know I don't do names. Anyway, <laughs> so I mean, there'll be there'll be battles at the uh, at the linebacker spots, I think, and those those spots will be up for grabs in fall camp. And then you know, at corner, uh, Coney Dirt has his spot locked down. That's that's a given. But uh, that that second 
and that slot corner, I think, are definitely up for grabs. Justice Harris played really well at slot corner last year. He definitely has the uh, the inside track on that spot. Uh, but some of the younger guys, Solomon Brown, Bishop McDonald, might push him. Um, you know, Terrell Smith, Philip Howard, all fighting to see who might get that other corner slot opposite Coney. Uh, and then Justin Wally, the true freshman, apparently has looked really good this spring. So you never know. He might be able to try and win a job in, in the fall. Uh, same thing at safety. You know, we, we assume that Jordan Howard and Tyler Newbin will be the, the two starters. Um, you know, they didn't look great at times last year, so I would assume they're going to get get pushed by, uh, you know, some people on the bottom of the depth chart. Um, and then the specialists, that's the whole nother ball game. Um, you know, I think everybody's sort of hoping uh, they've got the triplet, the transfer kicker uh, from Kent State, who was the MAC kicker of the year last year. Uh, he'll come in this summer, um, and hopefully he'll take over because uh, whether it be Brock Walker or whether it be a, a Dragon Kessich, uh, neither one of them were uh, amazingly impressive again this spring. And uh, hopefully uh, Triplet can come in and, and win that kicking job, and and you know somebody can maybe push uh, Mark Crawford at punter. Uh, he had two punts on Saturday, neither one of them were great. Um, you know. Uh, Special teams is going to be a thing that the Gophers are going to have to continue to fight because uh, they definitely need some need some help in that aspect, and uh, that would be the one area that I would still have some pretty steep concern after after the spring game is as they don't quite have uh, that answer figured out yet. Well, you mentioned it briefly. It's probably worth touching on in a little more detail. Uh, Keontae Shad uh, entering the transfer portal. Um, does that uh, raise any concerns for you with the the depth of the rotation on the line? It didn't sound like it from your breakdown of the depth chart, but just wanted to focus in on that since that's the the biggest transfer news for the Gopher football team pretty much in a while now. Yeah, honestly, not really. I mean, he he must have decided he was slipping down the depth chart. Obviously, he brought in and Niles Pickney and Val Martin as the two uh, as the two transfers. Uh, from Clemson and North Carolina State. Uh, they're going to get some playing time. You still got Dutre away in his sixth season getting playing time. Um, you know, I think we saw D'Angelo Carter really impress in the limited time he got as a, as a freshman last year. So I think Shad just saw that uh, his playing time was slipping down. He's going to be a senior. He's got one more year to play and wants to try and go someplace where he can play a main role rather than a rotational role. And, uh, you know, it, make, it makes sense. So, no, I'm not too worried. That's, uh, you know, if, if you're going to lose a player, defensive tackle is one where we definitely have the depth to, uh, to make up for it. So that's okay. And uh, good luck to him wherever he ends up. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll roll with the, uh, the other set of players we got in that spot. God, if you had told me what, like four years ago that we could utter the words defensive tackle as an area of depth. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not a, a normal feeling for this team. That's for sure. It's, it's a bit weird, but, uh, I mean, you could argue defensive tackle and, and offensive line are the two deepest spots on the roster right now for Minnesota, which is, again... A, yeah, an- another position group you would not no. <laughs> normally associate as a Gopher fan. So this is good. This is a good place to be coming out of your spring. I, I think my big question, the final big question from the spring game is, how many touchdowns can we expect Daniel Falele to uh, to throw this year? Are, are they really going to bring that out? They're not going to bring that out. But it would be pretty cool if they brought that up. That was It's always fun to see uh, a big man... 
uh, either rumble for a touchdown or uh, a throw for a touchdown or catch a touchdown. I mean, they're not they're not going to bring that out, but I I still say you know if you if you've got another right tackle you can trust, or if you want to move in if, again, let's just say Dunlap's healthy and you've got six linemen and can move Dunlap into guard and pop Andrews up to right tackle and on those goal line packages throw Falele in at fullback. I mean, I. I'd love to yes. see it. I mean, yes, you you do. We would all love to see it. That's that gets a nothing but a straight yes from me. I am a hundred percent in for heavy packages that feature uh, a fullback, quote unquote, who can uh, do athletic fat guy stuff to score touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be it'd be pretty entertaining, and and obviously, I mean, they're they're probably not going to give him the ball unless they really trust he's got ball security. Uh, but I mean, if if you're down on the two yard line and you've got you've got Mo lined up behind him and you literally can't see Mo as a defensive player because he's <laughs> eclipsed completely by Falele lined up ahead in front of him, um, I, I I think there's some I, I legitimately think there's some potential in that package. Now whether we'll actually see it for real or not, obviously I think the chances of that are, are fairly fairly slim, but uh, I think we we would all get uh, one hell of a kick out of it if they actually could put that in for real. Lots of enjoyment. All right, well let's transfer uh, uh, over to basketball. Um, that was not a play on words related to Brandon Johnson, but it is I suppose as a result of that a, a decent uh, transition point. Brandon Johnson, we, well, we've, let me take one step back. We've talked about how, you know, what was the next piece of news to drop. Uh, we expected it would likely be the third assistant coach. We do have news on that front. But let's start with uh, Brandon Johnson uh, has entered the transfer portal, uh, which means at this point, assuming he actually continues onward, which at this point, I think it, given the time he's taken to make that decision, that feels like a fairly reasonable assessment um let's just assume he's gone i mean the gophers have two players is that i think he was what you told me before we started two players coming back from last year's team is that it yeah we we pulled we pulled last year's rosters up and not including the uh, the eric curry's and the hunt conroy's who are graduated uh the roster at the start of the 2021 season uh will there will be two players who played last season who Ben Johnson, as of now, will have on the roster next year. Uh, Booth Dutch and Isaiah Enan. Uh, we have had nine players enter the transfer portal and, and either transfer or are still in the portal and, and probably aren't expected back. Nine. I mean, Ben Johnson literally is starting over with a new team, except for, for Gotch and Enan. Which, I mean, I think... I- I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna I mean, do? What, what do you do? And I and 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 there's definitely some grumbling from the fan base, and I think it's it's the double whammy of of being you know, obviously you get the one time transfer, and you've got the free COVID year and things like that, and so um, you know there are plenty of people that rather than try and and you know step into a new role under Johnson, the thing is is. And, and this is why some people are surprised, is obviously Ben Johnson had hands in a lot of these players. Obviously, you know, Gabe Kelsher knows Ben Johnson really well. Um, you know, uh, 
the the players who were only here here around for or for a year or so, whether it be Johnson or things like that, or or Liam Robbins and things, you know, I guess those make a little bit more sense. But uh, the fact is, yeah, no, Johnson is is stuck with only only two players, and and obviously they brought in six transfers so far. Uh, only two are officially signed on the roster as of right now. Uh, whether that be that be Jamison Battle, the transfer from George Washington, and and Luke Lowe, um, who's a transfer from one of the one of the schools out east, uh, they've got you've got four more. They're they're in the top four for uh, Stefan Mitchell, who's a, a Shakopee native, played at Boston College the last few years, um, and, and then they'll just be working on the on the twenty two class to try and get as many in as possible, but. Uh, yeah, Johnson definitely has his, his work cut out for him, and and I mean it's it's going to be an entirely new roster next year, so it's it's going to be a weird experience watching uh, Gopher basketball and and not really recognizing any of the players or numbers on the court other than other than Gotch and Eden. Well, let's take a look. Uh, third assistant hired, um, and you know from all accounts, uh, pretty decent hire, although one that I'm assuming that you know when you get into your third assistant, it's generally not somebody that most fans have heard of. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Jenkins, he was the associate head coach for Richmond, uh, was officially hired, uh, this week. Um, you know, he, uh, he's a, is a recruiter. He, uh, helped Richmond beat Kentucky. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, a young and up and coming guy. Spent time at Princeton, um, you know, was one of 14 college coaches selected to place, take, participate in the NCAA Black Coaches and Administrators Achieving Coaches Excellence Program. Um, you know, attended Air Force for, for college. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's a younger, younger guy, you know, fits in with Johnson the way he wants to run his program, I think. Um, you know, and, and time will tell whether these guys can, can get out in, into these houses of the recruits and, and really make the difference they need to. Uh, obviously, Dave Thorson on the staff is is you know familiar with with the Minnesota high school programs and AAU programs and things like that. But then you've got uh, two guys coming from from schools out east uh, who you know, are moving up in the world and and hopefully can uh, can get to work and and work with Johnson to try and get this team to be uh, you know in in where they need to be. Obviously, it's looking like the uh, the the 21-22 season is going to be a bit interesting, but uh, they got to sort of bear down and really start working on this uh, class of 22. Well, we got some really surprising news uh, today. Um, gymnastics coming off their uh, NCAA tournament appearance uh, in their Big Ten uh, title. Uh, Lexi Ramler and Ono Loper have decided to come back for one more year. Yeah, huge for the Gopher women's gymnastics team. Uh, they they got their two best gymnasts back. Um, Rambler, you know, uh, won the AAI award, which is basically the given to the best women's senior college gymnast. Um, and and Ona Loper honestly performed better than Rambler did at the NCAA championships. I mean, both of them are are legitimate threats to bring home individual Big Ten and NCAA. Uh, championship performances next season. I mean, this team, this team went from you know losing seventy five percent of their of their scoring routines to basically only losing. I think if you figure you count five scores on each of four events, so twenty. I think they're only losing three scored 
uh, events from last year. They're bringing back 17 out of 20 for a team that went to the NCAA semifinals, team that won the Big Ten tournament or Big Ten championship meet. Um, Rambler, three-time defending Big Ten gymnast of the year, uh, obviously is the front runner to bring home number four next year, and, and, and Loper, one of the nation's best in the vault. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a great positive uh, development for the, for the Gopher women's gymnastics team. They should be a, another national contender again next season. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, this was the first big announcement of, of for the sort of the winter sports of, of players coming back. Um, you know, I think the next one to look for is, is to the Gopher volleyball team, bring anybody back. I know Regan Pittman has already said she's moving on and, and, and leaving school. Uh, Stephanie Samity would be the, the next big name out there that hasn't declared one way or the other, uh, what her plans are for, for next season. Um, it would be huge to get her back for the Gopher volleyball team. Uh, you know, Wisconsin just announced that two of their three top seniors are coming back for an extra year next year. So they'll be favored to win the Big Ten yet again. Um, but it would be nice for the Gophers to continue to have uh, some firepower stick around. So that, that would be the next thing to watch and see if, if uh, Samity makes a decision here in the next few days and, and announces it one way or the other. We're kind of rounding out with uh, Spring Sports Softball uh, has their biggest series of the year uh, happening this weekend versus Michigan. Um, you know, you would think the outcome here likely determines uh, who wins the Big Ten title. It's not a guarantee uh, that even if the Gophers regain first place with a showing this weekend that they will win, but um, obviously without a good showing this weekend, they are not going to win the Big Ten. Uh, how do you think things break down for the, for the Gophers against Michigan? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's this is this is pretty much as you said for the Big Ten title. Uh, Michigan's number one in the conference. The Gophers are number two. Michigan's got a twenty-eight and five overall record. The Gophers come in at twenty-five and seven, um, and it'll be interesting to see how they fare. Minnesota obviously didn't play last week due to uh, Wisconsin having COVID, uh, so the Gopher series against the Badgers was uh, it was postponed. But let's be honest, it'll be canceled. Um, Meanwhile, Michigan beat up on on Penn State. You know, uh, the Wolverines lost one one game the season to Northwestern. Uh, they've lost one to Ohio State. They had a couple of games against Michigan State postponed. Um, you know, it, it's they're they're a really good team. Um, the Gophers are going to have to bring their A game. Uh, but it seems like for whatever reason this year, the Gophers have have both played up and played down to their opponents. I mean, they they didn't look great against some of the, the lower-level teams in the Big Ten, and then they went into Evanston and, and swept the then number 21st-ranked Wildcats in four games. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, they went three and four. Uh, they went three out of four against both Nebraska and Iowa, but those are teams that, I mean, even with with the Gophers pitching, they should be they should be sweeping. You know, dropping a, dropping a game to a middling Iowa team and dropping a game to a, a I guess Nebraska is in fifth place, so they're actually decent. Um, you know, those are the games that potentially may cost them a, a Big Ten title. Obviously, it's going to be probably determined by by winning percentage, since teams will have uneven games due to COVID and, and things like that. Um, but you know, it would have been really good for the Gophers to've gotten those four games against the Badgers, who were sitting at fifteen and seventeen this year. Um, 
So, yeah, as I said, you know, Michigan's got the advantage. Uh, I think somebody did the math and basically said if the Gophers can take three or four from the Wolverines this weekend, uh, they at least will have a chance going into the final week of the regular season next weekend. If they can take a clean sweep, four, they'll jump into first place over the Wolverines. Um, But, you know, next weekend, the, the Gophers really have to do their damage. Next weekend, Michigan gets Rutgers, who's in basically second to last place in the Big Ten. Whereas the Gophers, well, the Gophers go to Penn State, who is in last place in the Big Ten. So, frankly, both teams should be expected to sweep next weekend. So, uh, it it should come down to to this weekend and and who can who can take advantage of uh, getting the wins against the top teams when they can. Well, that's uh, golly, it's exciting to have this much football to talk about. It it really is not. Um, it's felt like forever. It really has. COVID has dragged this year out in a way that um, it never feels, it always feels great to get back to spring football. But I think um, the fact that, you know, the Gophers really sort of were kind of very close practice this year um, made the spring feel like even less, um, I don't spring football felt like less news than usual. And then coming off of, you know, just such a, a break, uh, both in terms of, uh, you know, how limited the season was last year. And then also just the fact that time in, in many ways feels to go, feels like it goes slowly. Um, it's just really nice to have football to talk about. I'm excited for all the other things we talked about, you know, gymnastics, having Lexi and Ona back is massive and hopefully softball, you know, sets himself up for a title. But for me, um, I'm excited for hopefully, fingers crossed, some actual football in person and getting to see the photos you sent me uh, from from being at the game, getting able to watch the game on, on TV, um, and just having this much football to talk about is a really exciting place to be. Makes me makes me really happy. Makes me feel very optimistic um, coming into the fall, the summer and the fall. No, it really does. It, it, it's great to be optimistic coming into it. And, you know, it, it sounds like, um, you know, Hopefully, leaning forward, um, you know, uh, Thursday, it sounds like Minnesota is going to have another announcement of, of some, you know, loosening of restrictions COVID-wise and, and people continue to get vaccinated. So I think, you know, everybody still is is really hoping to, you know, by the time uh, September 3rd comes around against Ohio State that legitimately TCF Bank Stadium will be allowed to be to be full to capacity and and there may still be a potential mask requirement but I think people will be willing to deal with that if it means you know getting getting a full house into to face the Buckeyes that Thursday night so um, you know hopefully things will continue to to improve over the summer and uh, you know yeah I think uh, the, obviously the football excitement still there there's a few spring sports still winding down here over the next few weeks. Um, you know, softball and, and track and field is, is performed pretty well. Obviously it's a little tough to tell with the, uh, the meet schedule has been, has been more limited this season than, than in past years, just so you don't really know how exactly you're stacking up. Um, but you know, we've had some great individual performances. One thing we uh, forgot to mention, Keon Benjamin, uh, the men's sprinter, he set a new school record in the 100 meters last weekend at, at the Gophers' only home meet of the year. So, um, you know, things are happening on the track. Things are happening on the softball field. We'll ignore the baseball diamond for a bit. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it it's good to see uh, good to see that, and we'll look as we get into May here, obviously. Uh, regular seasons will be, will be winding down for for softball and baseball, and uh, we'll be getting into uh, you know 
softball probably still has a has a good shot at making the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, so we'll be paying attention to that here coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, but yeah, obviously we'll be we'll be starting to slow down and getting into our lull a little bit. And and uh, you know, before we go, uh, before we get ready to go go heavy on football come uh, come August. Yay, football! I just want to preempt what I assume will be the loudest complaint uh if masks are required at tcf bank stadium uh something something to the effect of it'll affect crowd noise Uh, i would like to remind everyone that we are a school that plays in minnesota uh which means you spend your entire november part of the schedule hollering with gloves on which if you've ever noticed how when you cup around your mouth and holler um that you know deafens noise as does the scarf over your mouth or the face mask or whatever else we're wearing when it's cold it will be fine it'll be plenty noisy i was at the penn state game people had plenty of of gear covering their mouth at that game uh, it was it was fine um so uh let's just get to the point where we're there for football is my general take on the matter um and i'm just excited i'm just damn excited to make that happen so all right, friends, um, just keep doing what you're doing. Be health, healthy, be happy, be safe. Uh, if you haven't gotten your vaccination yet, please go do that. There are appointments everywhere. I know that's true in Ohio. I know that's true in Minnesota. If you uh, have not gotten your shot, get your shot and get ready for Gopher football in the fall. In the meantime, go Gophers. Skyuma, row the boat. Oh.